So, all right, welcome everybody. Welcome to God's Watchmen. I thank you for all the ones that are tuning in to listen and all the ones that are going to be listening to this. Tonight, you got our host, myself, Austin, and we got Caleb over here, my partner. And we're going to be sitting down with Willie. Um, He's our first guest on our show tonight, and he is a businessman that has is a believer in God, believer in Jesus Christ, and he's a godly man. And we want to sit down tonight to get to know him, to understand what it is like to be a Christian that has a business and has ministry and hear a little bit about his childhood, what it was like in his earlier years, and to see how he can balance ministry with being inside the world. Mm -hmm. So I thank you, Willie, for being able to be here tonight, to be able to Give us this time to be able to get get to know one another. So uh, I got a few questions for you, and we're just going to go all, roll around and just get to know each other. All Sounds right. good. Yeah. Um. So, Willie, you you're a businessman, right? I am. What, yes. What, what What do you do? Like, what is your business? Well, I've got several businesses that I'm involved in. I own a farming business uh, with a brother of mine. Uh, we own several farms here in Lebanon County and Berks County. And uh, we raise pigs and chickens. Awesome. Huh? And uh, do some farming. Well, we plant and, and harvest corn and soybeans as well on those farms. Okay. And uh, I also own a uh, fitness center. Oh, yeah, you're a fitness man. <clears throat> I forgot Fries. about that. Oh, <laughs> man. I own it. Doesn't mean I'm in there working out every day, but uh, okay. And uh, in the same building, uh, my wife and I own a coffee shop and bakery. All right. So that's a few of the things that I'm involved in. So you got your hands in a little bit of everything, you know? I do. I stay busy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) For sure. That's awesome. And I'm sure God uses you in all three of them. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's got some unique ways of of, uh, turning each one of them into ministries most days, for sure. I can't wait to hear more about yeah. that. Um, so, do you have children? I do. I um, have I have a beautiful wife, Roseanne, okay. and uh, three children. Uh, my oldest daughter is Lauren. She is 22. My second daughter is Courtney. Just got married three weeks ago. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, my son, Cody, just turned 18. So, That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, man. That's good to hear. I love beautiful family. family. Oh, I'm beautiful sure. Family, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to do great things. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, uh, besides your business, what else? Do you have any ministries on the side? Like, uh, I know Caleb told me once that you mm-hmm. played hockey with uh, inmates. Uh, I have, yeah. yeah. So I am part of uh, several ministries. One of them is a, uh, the one you're referring to is called All-Star Outreach. All-Star Outreach. Uh, my brother is the president of that. And uh, we take hockey players and hockey teams and use that as a means of evangelizing. So the majority of our trips are into northern Ontario, and uh, we use hockey as the platform to draw us close to those hockey players and uh, witness to them. It's been a powerful ministry. Uh, We've been all over Canada, really. Not just Ontario, but other parts of Canada as well. And, and Big hockey area. It is a big hockey area. And just uh, three years ago, we took a team and went to Mongolia 
for the first time with a hockey team and then played ice hockey in Mongolia. We have a uh, my niece and her husband live in Mongolia as full time minister uh, as uh, missionaries in Mongolia. Okay. And uh, so they kind of made connections for us and we took a hockey team over there and played hockey against uh, the Mongolians. Yeah. Wow. And it was Amazing. awesome. Just a wow. great, great ministry. I can't wait to have you again to be able to talk more about this ministry because I'm sure there's a lot. I'm sure you've seen God work, many mm-hmm. miracles, seen people get saved. I Lots love, of stories. I'd love to hear more about that. Lots so, of stories. Um, yeah. Uh, you got any other ones that you... Hey, I do. Of? I also am part of a uh, another sports ministry. It's called Sport Exchange International. And... Uh, we do. It, it's kind of the same base, actually. Uh, Sport Exchange was in existence for 60 years, and I've been part of it for quite a few of those years. Not all 60. Let's clear that up. But <laughs> but quite a few of those years. And uh, so when my brother and I uh, started on All Star Outreach, we kind of used a lot of the same ideas. So it's but it's softball or basketball or warm weather sports. Put it that way. In Latin America, for the most part, and uh, same thing, using those sports as the platform to share the gospel. So you're telling me you stole somebody else's ministry, Willie. We kind of did. We stole some <laughs> ideas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, hey, what if it works? All Don't for the king, it, right? right? All yeah. for the king. Yeah. God used it for good, right? Well, God's been using them both a lot since yeah. they both existed. So I think he's okay with the with the theft in this uh in this part of it. But Amen. uh no, it's been awesome. Yeah. Been been that's been a great ministry too. That's awesome. Sport Exchange has uh, been a huge part of my life. Okay. Yep. Um you got any other ones <laughs> that you uh deal with or is those two the main two that you really focus on those are the two main ministries that okay. i get involved in however uh the coffee shop and bakery that we have ha- is has a, a big area for people to sit and have their coffees and and treats and as we open that that's only been in we've been in business for about a little over a year now yeah and uh we were kind of sensing the lord's calling to open that as a as a outreach uh ministry uh type of business it's in a small town so we felt the calling to community so that has become a ministry of mine as well that's just been a an amazing uh, amazing new adventure for my wife and i where people walk in and you know just need someone to talk to uh this all started several years ago when my wife had a dream or a vision, or the Lord just laid it on her heart in detail of a young lady who walked into the coffee shop and just needed someone to talk to and opened her heart up to my wife, who was, of course, a a willing listener. And that's where the dream kind of began to have a a coffee shop slash bakery. And, uh, you know, we followed the Lord's prompting and when you do that, yeah. it's exciting. You oh. need your seatbelt. Mm. That, it's been aw- it's been really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it really has. Um, that that that's great, and I'm sure mm-hmm. it, it's such a blessing and awesome to watch God work as it grows mm-hmm. to see His hand in the way He provides and and allows it to grow and allow it just come and. Uh, bring forth fruit. Mm-hmm. So that's- that is, you're exactly right. It is really cool to watch how the Lord 
uh, uh, moves in that in that small area. Like, but I've seen him do that all over the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what amazes me is that he can use someone like me. From what I've come from, I'm a nobody, yeah. and you mm-hmm. know, I've I've been, I've been as you'll hear in my testimony, I've been a train wreck yeah. in my life, and and just to see how the Lord can use me, if I'm just willing to say, use me for any way that you can, it's mm. amazing what he can do through yeah. anyone. Because if he can do it through me, he can do it through anyone. It's really cool. I like how you said That's that, use me in any way possible. That's yeah, a prayer yeah. of mine every morning. Lord, use me. Mm-hmm. I'm nothing. Use me nothing but a vessel for you, Lord. Allow me to get out of the way. So mm-hmm. praise the Lord. Get to hear that and share that. Um, So you mentioned... That you were a train wreck, so let's get back into your childhood. I, you mm-hmm. mentioned that you dealt with sports ministry. That's mm-hmm. great. So I'm assuming you played sports growing up. Or, I did. So I uh, did. Was... T- tell me a little bit about your your childhood. Did you yeah. did you grow up a Christian? Did you read the Bible and you know just, yeah, just yeah, share share about your childhood? So I grew up locally uh, here in in local to our church here in Lebanon okay. on a dairy farm. Uh, I had a big family. I had four brothers and four sisters, mm. and I was the youngest. Okay. I was the youngest kid of nine. I got beat up a lot. I was getting ready to say, uh, did you get beat oh, up really? a lot? I it, got beat up a lot. Made oh, you man. tough, right? <laughs> it did. It, it, yeah. it prepared me for hockey. Uh, but uh, my parents were awesome. I had great parents. They're both gone to be with the Lord now, and uh, but they were great examples uh, in my life. Uh, they were not good teachers, but they were great examples. So I could watch my dad who, uh, gave me an amazing work ethic, uh, never, never leave home. He really, you know, it was a farm. So he stayed home most Mm. of the part and he took care of his family. Yeah. Uh, we were nine kids and we were a handful and, uh, but he loved our mother and took care of us and raised us. He never had a lot of money besides that, but we were never hungry. Yeah. And, and you know, he was a dairy farmer uh, for many, many years, never made a lot of money doing it. Mm. Uh, but he never complained about that. Wow. He just enjoyed what he was doing. And his his calling to him, I believe, was just to raise his family. To serve his family. And, and he was satisfied with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I watch, well, I've done it many years as a businessman, beat my head against the wall because I couldn't make any money. Mm-hmm. I never saw my dad do that. You know, mm-hmm. my dad was just satisfied doing what I can tell now, looking back. That's what the Lord called him to do. He yeah. called him to be a farmer and raise a family and and do it well. And so, sorry, I got... Uh, tied up on my parents there, but uh, no. they're only gone a few years, so my parents are still pretty, uh, pretty close to me. And I want to make sure uh, I have the right image. You came absolutely. from a very like conservative, I did. Or Mennonite, right? We were a conservative Mennonite family. Okay. Yep. Went to a very conservative Mennonite church. Okay. And uh, growing up, tight knit family, mm-hmm. uh, and and a great family. I love my family. Oh. Okay. Uh, no regrets uh, of anything. It was just a different type of lifestyle growing up, conservative Mennonite. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn by watching, observing, yeah. or learn myself because my parents, like I said, 
great examples, not great teachers. Mm. Uh, the The Bible was always in our home, mm-hmm. and we went to church every Sunday. We didn't miss church, but we really didn't sit down as a family and read the Bible together. Okay. Mm. I would see my mother reading the Bible. I, I don't know that I've ever, ever in my life saw my dad uh, sit down and read the Bible. If it was, it was just a few times. But we were taught to be good rather than told why we should be good. Okay. And we were told not to do things rather than told why we're not to do those things. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of, if I look back at my parents, that was, they did the best they could. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But they were not good teachers in the sense of they never sat down and said, you know, they did sit down with me and say, don't drink. But they never said why I shouldn't drink. Mm. They never explained. Uh, so I knew it was wrong. I knew I shouldn't do it. But I didn't know why. Yeah. And that made a difference. When I was a teenager, that really started to come out in my life, and I needed to know why. And you would have and, been going to services like every Sunday and Friday? or Just Sunday. Just Sunday. Yeah, okay. our church was uh, uh, the Mennonite church that we were part of was just a Sunday service. Okay. Um, Okay, so um, you 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 mentioned about alcohol and yep. in, in your teenage years. Yep. So, as a child, getting into your teenage years, were were you angry or or bitter or sad, happy, depressed, whatever it was? Because um, as you get into your teenage years, those emotions can really have effect mm-hmm. with not knowing, like you said, teaching the Bible, like you know, church, but um. Yeah. Not knowing them things, and I would like to hear about your teenage years. Of- hey, what I would describe my my teenage years and my even my years before that. So we had on on our farm that I grew up on, we had a, a ice hockey pond. Okay. So we had this huge pond, but it was built specifically for ice hockey. It was the right size of a a ice rink, and you know we had boards that we would set up around it in the winter time, and I was on it. Every every opportunity I could, you know, I would I would I would do my chores, whatever, and I would go down there and I would skate for hours and hours, even if I was by myself. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason for that is my dad was a hockey player uh, when he was younger. Now he was he was too old to play hockey anymore when I was born because I was the last of nine kids, you know. So I didn't see my dad. I saw him skate a few times, but I really didn't know how good my dad was. And another fault of my father's was he was not good at affirming us as kids. Yeah. So as I grew, I had no idea this was happening, but I was searching for my father's approval. Okay. And I really wanted my father's approval. And I did not know how that was motivating me in sports at Mm. the time. But I worked on hockey and skills and just to become the very best player I could become, because I wanted to hear my dad say, wow, you know, you've come a long way, or, you know, you're you're a great hockey player. My dad never did that. We would work hard. He had great work ethics, and we would work till 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And uh, on a dairy farm, there was, you know, we never ran out of work. <laughs> we just ran out of energy at, at yeah. some point of the night. And we would work hard, and I would work as hard as I could right beside my dad, and I'd try to work as hard as he could, hoping he would look at me and say, wow, 
you kept up with me today. He never did that. Mm. And I didn't even know it at that point. I don't, looking back on my life, I don't think it bothered me much at that age. Yeah. Oh, and then I, I, you know, became a teenager and I got a little better at, at sports. I played ice hockey and, and fast pitch softball. And cause also my dad played a little bit of softball when he was a kid as well. <laughs> yeah. And so that was in the back of my, you know, I didn't know it at the time, like I said, but that's what was pushing me. That's what was, that's yeah. some of what was pushing me. Right. And of course I, I, I got good at it and that felt good to, you know, to be a good player. Oh, uh, but a lot of that, I was searching for my father's approval. Okay. So when I was probably 18 or 19 years old, something like that, my father came to my first hockey game, which was played at Hershey where the Hershey Bears play, Big Ice. And, awesome. Wow. And uh, it was a pretty big game. And I told my teammates, and and they didn't know my dad, but I said, my, my father's coming to watch me play tonight. Give me the puck. Now, I was – probably the best player on the team at the time. So they did naturally try to get the puck to me. Yeah. And I scored a lot of goals that night. If I remember correctly, I think I scored 10 goals in a hockey game. And I didn't know, still didn't know why I was trying so hard because my dad was there till the next day. So the next day we're working together side by side on the farm and I'm waiting for my dad to say something. Just like my heart is just like crying out like, yeah. Dad, just affirm me. Like, wow. I did that for you. And so we're working together and he he never says anything. So finally I can't take it anymore. I'm like, Dad, what did you think of the game? He's like, that was a good game, but you should pass a little bit more. Oh, wow. It just crushed me. And uh, that's when I came to the realization that – and I was crushed. Man, I was beat down. That was hard on me. And that's when I came to the realization that I am trying just to get my father's approval. And it's difficult. Yes. I realized that so many things in my life at that time were based off of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything I did, I was... I was working tons of hours uh, besides helping my dad... To try to make money because yeah. I thought if I have money, my dad never had money. Mm. He'd mm-hmm. be impressed by that. And, you know, it, it took a long time to grow out of that. But that really motivated a lot uh, in my life. And, of course, that led to alcohol and and eventually drugs and took me down a, a slippery road. Took me down a uh, path that uh, I'd like to sum that those years in my life of of my God became sports mm. and money. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to become. I had this crazy dream of becoming a millionaire. Uh, I'm probably, I'm right there with you, buddy. Probably I, my dad. Probably I thought my dad would say, "Wow, that's impressive." Yeah. Oh, uh, but I, I just, I just overdid it. I really, uh, uh, really sports was my God. Yeah. That's what it all boils down to. That's what I was good at. That's what I tried to, that's what I focused on. Uh, I had a great work ethic better than everyone else I worked with off of the farm, you know? Yeah. So, so work became my God and, and, you know, I just pushed and pushed and pushed. I, I barely slept. 
in in those years i was i was going crazy wow. uh chasing after everything except uh you know what i should have been focused on the one true god jesus the one true god exactly uh, so let me ask you this um in drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. was you were trying to to fill your heart with mm-hmm. to comfort yourself in a sense you know um i can relate i've been there mm-hmm. and how is that what god used your drugs and alcohol to to bring you to your knees to mm-hmm. to bring you to him is that is it, tell me a little bit about your mm-hmm. your your problems there um and was and, that like your your teenage years or when exactly did that happen yeah so let me start with with just uh telling you why I believe looking back it's pretty clear to me now I was trying to fill a god-shaped hole in my heart you yeah. know I was I was trying to fill a hole that only the lord could fill and that yep. dates all the way back to scoring all those goals yep. just to impress my father yep. moving into alcohol moving into drugs and you know I'm just trying to trying to fill a hole that only the lord could fill I know yeah. now yeah 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 <laughs> it's pretty you know easy now, now and, but and then I forgot your question, Caleb. I'm sorry. Like, so like the timeline of that in your life. Okay. Yes. Was that kind of your teenage years, your early adult years? It was early adult years. Okay. Yep. Was that it before was, or after marriage? It was actually after marriage. Okay. Yep. So I was working in a in a construction company in a management position. So I was in the office and, and on the road some, so I had lots of time on my hands and working tons of hours. Uh, young wife at home who was fine with me working tons of hours. And uh, it all started with, as a kid, I should I should uh, prelude with this, as a kid growing up, I drank. Yeah. And I drank a lot, mm. but I never touched drugs because of my sports. I could not uh, mm. take my body down. I needed to keep my energy level up and everything. So I, that was my excuse for never touching drugs. Yeah. Nothing. I didn't even smoke weed when I was a kid. I stayed away from, from drugs completely because I knew that that would be the end of my hockey career. And, and softball, you know, I needed, I was a pitcher in softball. So it, it yeah. took a lot of energy uh, to play those sports and, uh, Never touch drugs. But, uh, you know, as I slip farther and farther away from the Lord, and as sports and work and money became my God, things change. And, uh, you know, when you crack the door to Satan, and he can get his foot in the door, mm-hmm. he's coming in. And that's what happened in my life. You know, the, the door just opened, and, you know, when I look back saying, you know, he got his foot in the door. Uh, that was me not reading my Bible anymore. That was me not spending time alone with the Lord, you know, and that was me working longer hours and not having time for the Lord. And, you know, when, when he got his foot in the door, he came in and he came in quickly in my life. So uh, someone offered me drugs. I knew it was drugs. Uh, it was it was actually a co-worker at the time and he said, I see you're here all the time. You're in the office. When you're not on the road, you're in the office. When do you sleep? I said, well, I really don't sleep much anymore. I said, I sleep a couple hours a night, and 
I get back to work. And he said, I've got something that'll help you, give you a little bit of energy. Uh, I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was bad. Yeah. I knew I shouldn't be taking it, but I did. He said, uh, snort it, see if you like it. And uh, it was heroin. And uh, I was off to the races. It didn't mm. take long. A couple, a couple of times, and I had to have it. Full blown addiction. Full blown. Oh, uh, how? Yeah, it 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 pulled me in and pulled me in hard. Um. So how how old were you at that time, and how long did that go on for? Mm-hmm. Was it a year, two years, three years, five years? Like, how long was this addiction going on? And when did you come to? God, I can't take it no more. I can't live this mm-hmm. life. I can't keep waking up or mm-hmm. or hurt my family. Putting, I'm being so selfish, all about me, me, me. I need to feed me my addiction mm-hmm. because I myself have been there in them shoes, and it took me many years till the Lord brought me to my knees. Just mm-hmm. as so, um, explain to us how how that addiction brought you to where you're currently at to mm-hmm. we'll transition from there into where you're currently at today. So so for me, it was relatively short. Okay. My heroin addiction was probably in total about four years. All right. These dates, for some reason, the exact age that I was and the exact dates, the Lord has not kept that clear to me. Okay. So... Maybe it was the addiction. Maybe there's a reason I don't know exactly what year it is. Mm-hmm. It was. But I'm going to guess I was about 24 years old Okay. when I when I tried heroin, maybe 25, and it lasted about four years. Right. <clears throat> and uh, I was pretty, I was pretty hardcore. I had to have, I had to have, you know, you know what an addiction is like. Yes. I had to have heroin to, uh, to even get up and go to work in the morning. I was pretty strung out. And uh, even towards the end of my addiction, trying to fix it, I, you know, started using crack and, mm-hmm. and did crack for the last uh, half year of my addiction, just thinking that I was going to fix myself. So what happened to me is I, I finally got bad enough that my wife stepped in and called a few of my brothers. All right. And two of my brothers came to me in the morning. I was still in my bed and said, you know, we're going to help you. Yeah. They didn't ask. And, uh, they knew exactly what I needed. Uh, I fought them. You know, I, I, I did not. I argued with them. I, I, I lied to them. I did whatever I had to do to try to change their minds. Whatever every addict would but, do. Exactly. Exactly. But they knew exactly what I needed. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, they're my big brothers. So they told me what we're going to do. And, uh, uh, they took me to Teen Challenge, and I went to Teen Challenge, which the the main center is right down the road from me in Raresburg. So, okay. uh, they knew that I couldn't go to Pennsylvania. They knew that wouldn't work. So, mm. they took me to Syracuse, New York. Oh wow! And oh. checked me into uh, the the first phase of the program in Syracuse, New York, and I was wrecked. Oh, I was sure. really, really sick going in there, but I, I couldn't believe that, you know, in an addict's mind, my family ditched me at that point, right? Yeah. Uh, but but I thank the Lord for 
just a family that cares enough about me to do that. Mm. Couldn't see it at the time, but so so to to get to the best part of my story. Yeah. Uh, so I'm at, I'm in Syracuse. I don't know anyone, and I'm sick. I am so sick for the first three days. I laid in my bed. They barely woke me up. They'd bring me water and and dump some water on my in my mouth. Like mm-hmm. I, I couldn't move. I was I was so sick. And that actually went on for uh, a week. I started feeling a little better. Could start to eat a little bit. Mm. And then I was I was like uh, maybe a hundred and hundred and thirty pounds. Something like that when I went in there, and I'm, Whoa. I'm a big guy, <laughs> skinny Willie. Yeah, skinny was. Willie. <laughs> I yeah. was sick, man. I was sick. Oh, mm. uh, so so uh, I'm I'm sick for a week, really sick. Then I start to eat a little bit and start to feel a little bit better, you know. And mm. at the end of two weeks, oh, uh, I made a deal with the Lord. <laughs> what and did I, you say? I said, Lord, if you get me out of here. Oh, I'll live the rest of my life for you. Mm. So I don't like it here. Like, I, I, I don't want to be here. Mm. And, uh, of course, prior to that, I was just praying that, that he would spare my life. You know, you know, I, I knew the Lord well enough that yeah. I went to him. Like, I was dying. I was sure I was going to die the first couple of days that I was there. Like, there was no doubt in my mind they had taken me there to die. Wow. I was that sick. And, you know, I'm, I'm begging the Lord, you know, spare, you know, spare my life. I, there's still some good in me. You know, I just, I just made a mistake and, uh, really believing that wasn't going to happen. So, uh, when I started feeling a little bit better, I'm, I'm, I'm praying, I'm saying, Lord, just get me, get me out of here. This is embarrassing. I don't want to be here. Mm, like, yeah. The whole world knows about it now, and and that was important to me at that point. It was it was terrible that people knew that I was an addict because no one knew. I hid my addiction pretty well, mm. and so that was that was my pride was taking a hit, which is just what I needed. The Lord knew exactly what I needed the whole time. I didn't know it, but He was setting you free. Oh man, He was and chain link by chain link by yeah, chain. Link. It was amazing that process. I don't ever want to relive it, but I wish I could go back in my mind and have details of, of some of the thought process that I went through in those two weeks of, of you know, my version of my little bit of hell that I went yeah. through for, for a yeah. couple of weeks there. But so the really cool part at the end of two weeks, I got a letter from, from friends from the church that I attended and they had two Bible verses written in it and changed my life. Yeah, I read the Bible uh, cover to cover prior to this. So I read these verses, but they never really impacted me the way they did this day. Uh, so, so understand, two weeks, I'm thinking I'm going to die and then, you know, begging the Lord to get me out of there, whatever he's got to do. Micah 7.8 was the first uh, verse. Micah 7.8 says, Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Wow. I really didn't believe that until I read it that day. And I'm like, wow, I will rise. Yeah. I was in the basement of the of the uh, Teen Challenge Center reading that letter with a flashlight because it was dark. 
Wow. Wow. <laughs> he he really spoke to you in that moment. Um he really did. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. The words, uh, though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. It became very real to me that day. And then the second verse was just as great, was Joel 2.25. It says, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locust." and the young locust, the other locust, and the locust swarm, my great army that I send among you. And I had many locusts in my life, but that day, drugs were my locust. That's right. That's what that verse meant to me that day. It's just like, you know, they took everything from me, and I felt like I had lost it all. Mm -hmm. But... It was just a reset in God's timing. Yeah. It was just a reset for me mm. to really get focused. That that That's awesome how you had said you recognized your locus was drugs. Mm-hmm. How many times have you read the Bible and you were getting into Scripture and we Amen. go over locusts or disease and famine and we're mm-hmm. not. We just, I know for me, I've skipped over it, mm-hmm. but... It's amazing how the Holy Spirit hits you at that moment and you're reading locusts mm-hmm. and you can recognize it. The Spirit is telling you your locust is your drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing how he used that at that moment for you to really speak into your heart mm-hmm. and give you that confirmation like we got to yeah. get moving. You're exactly right. It was It was so real to me. I'll never forget that, <clears throat> laying there reading that and saying, wow, locusts. <laughs> locusts were the drugs. And, yeah, you know, no, no, you no. know, I even went on to, to the, the last part of that verse, my great army that I sent among you. Now, God didn't send the locusts to me, no. but God certainly used the locusts. That's and right. He used them. It was amazing. Yeah. Mm. Amazing, amazing. So that was my waking hour and I prayed and and you know I, I said Lord <clears throat> I'm all yours you know Amen. I've always been I've always been a leader I've always been a the person in charge and I've always yeah. wanted to drive the car if we're going down the road in a car I'm, mm-hmm. I'm driving yeah oh uh, I said Lord I'll take the back seat so and, somebody once told me uh he just mentioned it the other day he said I I heard we always want to be the one driving, and then sometimes we're the co-pilot. But also, there's that backseat driver too. We might as well just throw me in the trunk, you know? Mm. Go right to the trunk. Yeah, go I right like to the it. trunk. Just go right to the trunk. Well, I I I told him I I, I prayed and I said, Lord, I just want to be in the backseat. You know, yeah. I've been driving. That didn't work. Yeah. Look where I ended up. Yeah. After all that, you know, I had done and and. Uh, I just want to let him drive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in that, in my mind, he said, put your seatbelt on. And wow. Wow, has it been a ride. Oh, yeah. It's been an amazing ride ever since that day. Awesome. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I, I prayed <clears throat> and I said, Lord, drugs was my weakness. Uh, I didn't see it coming. It happened quickly. Boom, I was addicted. I couldn't control it anymore. I said, I want a hatred for drugs. Mm. 
Mm. Not only do I never want to be tempted, I want to hate them. Yes. Like, I don't ever want to get close again. And he did. He, awesome. he just simply just completely took every desire away and, you know, gave me my hatred is more of I'm, I'm very passionate about people that are going through what I went through is my mm. hatred has, has turned into just, just a compassionate heart for someone. Yeah. I walk into Walmart and I see this person walking towards me and I can see it in their eyes and yeah. I just, I just pray for him. It's just that like, he breaks my heart. Like, mm. like it just, it's amazing what, how he changed my heart That's, and he did it just like that. Just like that. It's amazing how God works and mm-hmm. how the Holy Spirit just reveals to you to not just, ah, I don't want to be tempted. I, I want to move forward from this. I'd never want to go back. But mm-hmm. how you prayed, I want to hate mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Just like in the Bible says, you know, God hates sin. Mm-hmm. And as today, I pray in my life, the sins in my life, as you explained, mm-hmm. to hate them sins. And... God's done it in my life to to with the drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. I don't that that those thoughts go away. But there's other things in my life, you know, pride, mm-hmm. envy, jealousy. All those things can add up frustration, angers. And that the Lord, I'm sure throughout your walk after that, you started to realize that those emotions you had or like how you said you always wanted to uh look for your dad's approval. Yep. I'm sure that took a long time mm-hmm. to to figure out that that deep rooted sin that was in there you know mm-hmm. just wanted to people please or yeah your pride and and that's something i'm sure what what changed for me was i went from trying to uh earn my father my earthly father's approval to you know earning my heavenly father's approval and and you know i just found that fulfillment yeah that hole was filled i didn't need it anymore i I was Mm. i was perfectly fine with my father after that because it didn't matter to me if he approved me or not because my my heavenly father approved of me and i I, I, he always did i just i just came to that realization at that point that wow that's what i was looking for all these years. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. Praise the Lord that he got you out of that and, and he's using you today. Thank you yeah. for being able to share a little mm. bit of that testimony. And I'm sure there, we could sit here for hours and talk about. But let, let's move on until after, you know, you got out of Teen Challenge and got out of that. You moved on your life. What What is your daily life like today? Mm-hmm. Like as having three businesses or multiple things that you do mm-hmm. in, in the world to be able to work there to one you're dealing with yep. you know money success and also how do you balance all that and not let it get to how you were growing up wanted mm-hmm. all the to be a millionaire how 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 do you balance your businesses your relationship with god and I'm sure we all know the answer. God's the center of all this. Hmm. So would you be able to explain how you balance all these things yeah. and not allow um, the material things to get the mm-hmm. best of your relationship with God? Mm. Well, you need to be a really good juggler. It all starts with being a really good juggler. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, uh, <laughs> Back to you, sports, you know, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know... Uh, I am involved in a lot of different things and, and 
sometimes I get to the end of the week or the end of the month and I'm not sure how I do it all. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I rely on the Lord a lot. Oh, but, but I wake up early. Uh, the Lord, the Lord, it varies, varies each day because I, I, I go to different farms each day okay. and do different things each day. But uh, my wife usually gets up for the, you know, to start baking somewhere around four. So we're usually up, both up around that time. Disciplined uh, but man. Then, but then we try to get to bed a little bit earlier at night. I'm not a <laughs> night owl anymore. Yeah. I need my sleep. I need yeah. a few more hours. And I did it one time. Yeah. And, oh, uh, that's not an issue in my life anymore. But for a long time, I guarded myself to make sure that I got okay. sufficient sleep so I would never get to that point that I got to in my past but I get enough today I get my hours uh, but the Lord has blessed me with a lot of energy and good people around me good smart people around me good mentors in my life mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know business is different when you're a Christian who truly turns it over to the Lord yeah. and says, Lord, this is your business. Do with it what you want. Yeah. It can't fail. If the Lord, if the Lord chooses to close it down, he could, Yeah. but then there's something greater. So Mm. I, I, you know, was always a a somewhat of a risk taker. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very much of a risk taker, (laughs) but, but in business, I was a bit of a risk taker. And today I feel like even though, you know, it's, it's, you know, it might be expensive projects, whatever it might be, but there's really no risk because (laughs) what I'm doing is what I believe the Lord wants me to do. And when you're in that situation, you can't fail. So this coffee shop, you know, my wife and I both felt it felt called by the Lord to open this coffee shop as a community center. And I'm a businessman, so I put numbers to everything. And yeah. I'm like, it really can't be profitable mm. uh, unless it grows tremendously. You know, we're really not going to make any money doing this. And, and But I said, it doesn't matter <laughs> because I am positive that this is what the Lord wants us to do, right? Awesome. Mm. He... he, he like he, he made it very clear in, in in speaking to us both about this, you know, some of the things that would happen, some of the people that he would bring there and some of the ministry opportunities we have. And we're like, there's no risk. Let's do it. Was was he revealing these things through scripture as as all this was going on, I'm sure? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh through scripture, uh through just just the relationship my wife and I have of of praying and yeah. and Fasting and, okay. and, you know, trying to be positive that mm-hmm. it's the Lord's will in our lives. Okay. Uh, it's not always easy to know exactly what he wants. However, he has always clarified things for us. If we were not sure if it was the Lord's calling or not, he would make it very clear. So mm-hmm. it takes a risk out of it. Businesses, uh, businesses. I mean, I know he's blessed me with with you know, decision-making and leadership abilities. And I'm required to use that to the best of my ability. Yeah. Mm. I believe that. Yeah. That's how he designed me. But he will, he will, you know, his plans are for, for you to prosper. That's right. And if you are using uh, your, your abilities for the Lord, can't go wrong. His will is perfect, right? Mm. 
So to answer your question about my day-to-day, it's crazy. My day can be, I could start my day out by by loading pigs on a truck. (laughs) Yeah. put like 160 pigs on a truck. They weigh 300 pounds each. Uh, I'll start my day out this this very morning. I started my day out loading two loads of pigs. So for two hours, I was getting beat up by these 300-pound monsters and and loving every second of it. Yeah. Uh, A few hours later, I was in the coffee shop having a meeting with someone. And a few hours later, I was with my son going to pick up parts and and, uh, went to a new construction project that we have going on. So my life is, I'm bouncing from place to place and, and just trying to oversee everything and do the best I can. That's awesome. Um, with you being bouncing around all over, I'm sure there's been a lot of people in your life that aren't Christians or weren't Christians at mm-hmm. the time. Seeing you work the way you do, seeing your life and, and how you act, speak, and be able to hold your business, um, has, has people come to the Lord um, by you sharing the gospel with them or more or less your actions hmm. throughout carrying these things out or or even like you've just seen people um growing towards wanting to get to know Jesus mm-hmm. on the outside has have you seen that witness any of that happen you know i'm going to say both okay both ways yeah uh people have uh, i've seen people come to the lord because i've specifically asked them mm-hmm. i've seen people come to the lord but i think I've seen people come to the Lord because they've just seen uh, my life and what the Lord has done, yeah. or, and they've heard my testimony, etc. Yeah. But uh, I think maybe the older I get, mm-hmm. uh, the Lord tends to send people. Maybe He always was, and I wasn't prepared, or I wasn't looking for it like I am today, but I feel like now in my life, I don't need to, sure, I still travel and do my ministries and things yeah. like that and, and use, you know, uh, use that as an opportunity to go and reach people. But the Lord sends people into my life mm-hmm. who need to hear the gospel awesome. or just need to be encouraged. Yeah. People that just need to hear that, you know, they are where God wants them to be in life. Mm. It can be fellow Christians that just need to hear that, hey, man, you're, you're doing a great job. You're, you're right where the Lord wants you to be today. Awesome. We all need to hear that from time to time. That's right. I mean, But, but yeah, I think, I think the Lord tends to send people a little more than I realized yeah. before. I'll say it that way. Awesome. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Willie, I, I, I really appreciate you being able to come out tonight to be able to sit down and share a little bit about you. Um, I don't know about you, Caleb, but I would love to have Willie come on again to oh, yeah. be able to talk about more in depth of his ministries with hmm. hockey and sports. To, I can tell you some to, stories. To hear about that, that would be a blessing. And um, you being able to, to share these things has blessed my heart. I mean, Praise the Lord. Um, to hear how God can work in in a center like you. I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat that you're a drug, an alcoholic or a drug addict mm-hmm. because that's not who we are. We're sinners that are saved by grace mm-hmm. because Jesus died on the Absolutely. cross. And um, mm-hmm. 
It's wonderful to hear how he's using you and your wife and all the other hands that are a part of your businesses um, to be able to be out there to, to share Jesus with people. So I thank you, Willie, once again for being able to be here. Um, You're welcome. All glory to God. That's right. Praise the yeah. Lord. Yeah, it was great. And, uh, man, I feel like we were talking about having that, that special moment. I'm, I'm, I've been so blessed. Thank you so mm. much. God is good. You want to close us in prayer, Willie? Absolutely. All right. Heavenly Father, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for our lives. Thank you so much for the wisdom that you grant us uh, in opening our eyes, Lord, when we just can't quite see what you're trying to tell us. And, and then you give us the wisdom, and we have that, that light bulb moment saying, wow. Uh, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that uh, you are faithful. Even though we're not, we thank you, Lord, that uh, no matter what, no matter when, Lord, we can just cry out to you and, and you're there for us. And I need that, Lord, in my life. I need you to uh, be there for me in my in my darkest times. And you've done that and you've always done that for me. And I thank you for that. Lord, I pray for everyone that uh, was listening tonight or will get to hear this message. And I pray that you would touch their hearts individually in a special way, Lord. Uh, Lord, not my words, but what you've done. Mm-hmm. Lord, uh, bless each one of them. Uh, Lord, continue to guide us and direct us. And we just thank you for Jesus and for all that you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. All right. Drop the curtain, bring out the worship team. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. If you've related today with Willie's story, I would like to explain to you really quick the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If you would like to repent from your sin and turn to Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to a prayer to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Lord God, I'm sorry that I've sinned against you. I'm sorry that I've disobeyed you, Lord. And Father, I pray that you'd come into my life. I pray that you would give my life purpose, Lord. I pray that you'd help me understand your word, Father. And I pray that you would use me, Lord. I'm a nobody, Lord, but you use nobodies. And Father, I want to turn away from my sin. I want to repent from my sin. And I want a new life. I want that new life that you offer in Jesus Christ. I confess I am a sinner, and I want to receive you. Now, Lord, help me live that life. Help me love you, honor, and glorify you as a thanks. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And may God bless you. If you would like to contact us, our email is godswatchman3319 at gmail.com.